Welcome to the Richard Roper Podcast. I am Richard Roper. That makes sense. It would be very strange if the Richard Roper Podcast was not hosted by Richard Roper. I'm talking about myself in the third person. Richard Roper doesn't do that most of the time. Hey, please don't boycott this podcast or anything associated with me. Please don't boycott me. Everybody's boycotting everything. If you believe the uh, social media and the Twitterverse and all that good stuff, all kinds of stuff going on with boycotts and protests and people being offended by beer campaigns and saying, no, no I will not have that beer at my concert. We're going to talk about all these uh, all these uh, controversies swirling around supposedly woke ad campaigns and uh, do a little history of uh you know, celebrity boycotts and whether or not any of these boycotts ever work. Hey, we're also going to have new reviews of some really good stuff coming out. In fact, on this particular edition of the Richard Roper podcast, it just so happens, and we're now, let me do my, you know, I love to do my my St. Jude the Apostle trained, highly skilled uh, math demonstrations for you. We've had a January, we've had a February, we've had a March, and now we're into April. That means we've had three months out of 12. That's like 25%. So we're like 30% of the way into the year. Thank you very much. And this particular podcast, we have the best movie of the year so far and, by coincidence, the best series of any kind, streaming, broadcast, limited, whatever you want to call it, the best series of the year, both to be discussed on this edition of the Richard Roper Podcast. But first, time for that reminder. The Richard Roper Show is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. The digital landscape is changing rapidly, and to compete in today's online business environment, you need an experienced partner. Since 1995, AmericanEagle.com has partnered with companies of all sizes, offering web design, web development, e-commerce, mobile apps, and digital marketing to drive your overall business's success because they believe that today's online world is your online opportunity. I got all the way to the second to the last word there and then kind of stalled out. So I'm going to do the whole thing. No, I'm not going to do it again. Just saying that last part. Remember, today's online world is your online opportunity. AmericanEagle.com. Brian, my producer, don't edit that. Leave the whole thing in there. Even the part where I stop and start and give just even more kudos to AmericanEagle.com. Okay, you might have heard about this. There's a... uh, ad campaign that's getting some people, some people all up in arms, if you will. It's a Bud Light campaign uh, featuring trans star Dylan Mulvaney, who has been everywhere lately. Now, Dylan is 26 years old, transitioned from male to female uh, in March 2021, has earned Six figures, maybe even seven figures from endorsements, including fashion and beauty brands, Kate Spade and others. Crest, Instacart has 10 million followers on TikTok and uh, was signed to do a Bud Light campaign. You know, they're, these beer giants, uh, they have so many different campaigns. And, you know, guess what? Whether it's uh, Anheuser-Busch or something that's under the Coors uh, Miller brand, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, too. Here's the idea. They kind of want to sell beer to everybody. That's kind of the way it works because uh, their favorite color is green. So they target different uh, groups and also target everybody just by pointing out the grand, wonderful cornucopia of life and life decisions and uh, orientation that is out there. And I think it's fantastic. You know, listen, 
some people get did worked up when they see ads now because you know you get all these ads with domestic situations and the reality is that a couple of generations ago if you saw commercials on tv it was a husband and a wife and their children usually a caucasian husband and wife and children once in a while a black couple and their children or a hispanic or whatever the case may be but that was the family you'd see and now you see ads and it could be for anything from potato chips to banks to cars to home loans to insurance and you see all different types of families because guess what there are all different kinds of families who gives a shit and i mean this in the in the most positive way i don't give a shit if a bank is going to do a commercial with two dads, if I like the bank or I'm going to buy the potato chip or whatever the fucking case may be, I'm not going to be offended for God's sake. I mean, I don't know how some of these people get out of bed in the morning without being offended. Anyway, Bud Light does an ad campaign with Dylan Mulvaney. Good for everybody. And now some people are all worked up about it. Kid Rock, the self-appointed, self-identified Good old boy, even though he grew up in Michigan in, in quite a bit of wealth. But okay, fine. You know, his persona is Kid Rock. Uh, you may have seen it because millions of people have seen this deal. He did this video where he talks about how uh, uh, grandpa's upset or whatever. And then he um, takes out a gun and shoots some cases of Bud Light and then says, F Bud Light, F Anheuser Bush and walks off in some sort of triumph, I guess. He thought that was some sort of triumphant statement. Several things here, first of all. I mean, guys, Kid Rock, he's an idiot. He's a showboater. He gets a lot of attention. You know, I've never been a huge fan of his music, but that's fine. If you like if you like his stuff, that's fine. I don't care. Go see him. I don't care if you, if you agree with his politics and you want to listen to me, too. That's the whole point of this is we're not trying to censor anybody, and we're certainly not trying to boycott somebody over their views. So I'm not going to now burn my Kid Rock CDs because, first of all, CDs are from a generation ago, and also I never bought one. But this was Kid Rock. He's saying, you know, the F you. Uh, the funny thing was, if you watch the video, uh, he's not a good shot. He doesn't have a good stance, uh, and he, he misses a couple of the cases. And then this is going to bring me to Charlotte Clymer who is just a, a must-follow, I believe, on, on Twitter. U.S. Army veteran identifies herself on, on the Twitter as writer, lesbian, Texan, veteran, Hoya she. And Charlotte's a great social commentator, very funny, and also, you know, has a lot of experience. Because, again, she was, uh, you know, she was in the infantry and really knows her guns. So uh, she did this, this text thread, and... Um, I, I, I'm going to find this for a second here. Hang on a second. Uh, okay, so Charlotte Clymer did this whole thread and just has to say uh, a few things about Mr. Ritchie's form, uh, uh, Kid Rock, Bob, Bob Ritchie. Uh, as you can see in the video, he's no more than 20 yards away from his targets, practically point-blank range, and he struggles mightily to take down the cases of Bud Light. In fact, after his tantrum, two of the cases are still completely upright. And also, it wasn't just him firing... Uh, you can see one of his buddies is actually just to the right of the frame firing what appears to be a shotgun, which is given away by three blasts that nick the left side of the table and land in the lake behind it. So between the two of them combined from 20 yards away, let's just say these gentlemen should stick to their day jobs. First, always wear eye protection. You never know where and when the weapon may malfunction. 
nor guarantee where a bullet casing or excess gunpowder or other debris might fly. Ear protection is a good idea, too, especially for a musician who has been known to struggle with key changes. Just looking out for you. As for Kid Rock's firing stance, Charlotte Clymer says, it's garbage and needs work. Your frame should be facing toward the target, not from the side. Feet shoulder width apart. Right foot slightly behind the left, about six inches. Your stance looks like you're golfing. Uh, you want to keep your weight equally balanced. Your hand placement is all right, but for some strange reason, you got bad chicken wing going on. That's when your firing elbow sticks all the way up and out, making it harder to stabilize the weapon. She goes on and on. Follow Charlotte Clymer, C-L-Y-M-E-R on Twitter and see the whole thread. But it's really funny uh, and very accurate where she does this takedown of uh, Kid Rock's uh, so-called shooting abilities. Now we've got Travis Tritt. Country music star announcing a boycott of all products by Anheuser-Busch, joining Kid Rock in protesting the beer giant's Bud Light a campaign because they teamed up with trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney. So this is interesting, guys. Travis Tritt tweets, and say that three times fast, Travis Tritt tweets, I will be deleting all Anheuser-Busch product from my tour hospitality rider. I know many other artists are doing the same. Now, in full disclosure, I was on a tour sponsored by Budweiser in the 90s, but that's when they were a great American company. But they later sold out and became unrecognizable to the American consumer. Such a shame. Couple of things here, folks. Uh, you'll notice that Travis Tritt mentioned his hospitality writer. And I know a lot of you folks, you know, you've heard about contract writers and things like that, famous things that bands put into their writers. Contract writer is different stipulations and requirements a band makes in a contract before going out on tour. For example, we want this type of uh, potato chip. We want this type of wine. We want this type of beer, whatever. This is for the backstage, for the band and the crew. I've been lucky enough to be backstage, and sometimes the, the spreads are more elaborate than like a, a, a buffet at the Four Seasons, and sometimes they're kind of bare bones. But, you know, some bands especially famously in the day would want an incredible you know, a case of Jack Daniels and 20 cases of Heineken light and uh, you know, all this other stuff. And you know, you even see this uh, backstage at talk shows, although in most cases with talk shows, they just put out nice, a nice spread. Again, I've been lucky enough to be on some of these shows. It was really nice actually, because you'd go backstage and they'd have some, you know, some fruit and water and even some adult libations and the fine folks at the tonight show I'd been on so many times they actually would put a six-pack of Stella Artois on ice because they knew that was one of my favorite beers. And that was like, that's the closest I ever came to being Mr. Rockstar. But it was very cool. Anyway, Travis Tritt is saying he's deleting all Anheuser-Busch uh, products from his tour hospitality rider. This just means that he's not going to have it backstage. Now, I'm assuming he's not going to have them as a sponsor, which is fine. That's up to him. But we should make clear here that there's a big difference between deleting, you know, beer products from your hospitality rider and stopping everybody who's watching you from drinking a beer. So, for example, if you're playing the Bridgestone Arena or Madison Square Garden or the United Center or whatever the case may be, you can't tell them stop serving Budweiser or Budweiser products when I'm playing that night because they're going to say, what do you, you can't, you can't turn off the taps. You know, so even though if it was Travis Tritt doesn't want to drink Bud Light anymore or have it as contract writer, good for him. He has the he has the right to say that. He has the right to tell everybody that and encourage others to do the same. But it's he's not first of all, he's not gonna stop his fans from drinking uh Budweiser beer. And which brings us to another point here. Uh when you talk about, oh, I'm not gonna drink Bud Light and, and Kid Rock saying F you to Budweiser and Bud Light, as a lot of you know, 
you know, there are a few giant beer companies and distributors and partners out there. And when you're talking about Budweiser products, you're talking about Bud, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, Stella Artois, Bush Beer, Natural Light, Landshark, Hogarden, and, and many others. And then you say, all right, well, and a lot of craft beers, by the way, their craft partners include uh, Goose Island, Red Hook, Four Peaks, Elysian, and many, many more. So then you say, well, you know what? F them, I'm going to go with uh, Coors. Well, first of all, Coors has done, you know, ads featuring all types uh, of individuals and have done some, you know, some very forward-thinking, gay-friendly ads and featuring rainbow cans and all that great stuff, which they should be doing, and we applaud them for doing that. But now you're going, well, I, I don't want to have any Anheuser-Busch products. I'll go to I'll go to Coors. Well, yeah, I guess if you're going to be consistent in your boycott, that means no Coors, no Coors Light, no Coors Extra Gold Lager. It also means no more Blue Moon, no more Colorado Native, no more George Killian's Irish Red, Foster's, Ham's, Keystone, Line and Kugels. Oh, Miller products as well. Uh, part of the, the the overall Molson Coors brand. That's, you know, obviously Miller Light and Miller High Life and Milwaukee's Best and Old English 800. You're running out of beers, folks. Peroni. Pilsner, Urkel, Red Dog, and it goes on and on and on, which, you know, kind of brings us to the overall point here about these boycotts, folks. Uh, you can boycott anything you want, and I will defend your right to do that. Of course, you have the right to do that. Good luck with that, with, you know, making sure that your boycotts fit your own political, social, religious, whatever, personal beliefs. Listen, in recent years, we've had boycotts, so-called so boycotts, I should say, of the NFL, and Amazon and Target and and oh remember you know people were saying uh, don't go to star some people were saying you know boycott Starbucks because they're engaging in a war on Christmas because of different types of uh, decorations on Christmas cups which is the stupidest thing in the world because Starbucks has all kinds of Christmas stuff and also it's a coffee shop who gives a shit and then on the other side you know liberals uh, were saying don't go to Chick Fil A because the owner has anti-gay views and listen you see sometimes you'll see real boycotts in this world of ours. Uh, you know, the Boston Tea Party uh, was essentially a boycott. Uh, Gandhi's Salt March in 1930, the Montgomery bus boycott of the 50s. And even on a, on a commercial level, you know, the Nestle company uh, changed its uh, approach towards their infant formula back in the 70s. You can look it up. That was a real boycott. Even SeaWorld no longer breeding orcas. Sometimes boycotts and protests, of course they work. And they work for social change in, in a good way. And there have been hundreds upon hundreds of them throughout history. Uh, the show busy product ones, I, I don't, you know, people are talking about, I'll never, you know, all these, not all these, but a lot of, you know, hardcore right wingers were saying the NFL has gone soft and woke because of Colin Kaepernick and other players taking a knee uh, because of certain social stances they were taking, whatever the case may be. Remember when Vice President Mike Pence, you know, pulled that stunt where he walked out of a, a game, I think it was an Indianapolis Colts game. Uh, at the beginning, because a couple of players didn't stand for the national anthem, of course, he knew that was going to happen. That was a stunt that cost the taxpayers like a half a million dollars for him to go there and then walk out. But NFL ratings are as huge as ever. People sometimes are going to, you know, boycott different gym shoe companies or whatever. And I, I don't know if, you know, if you're going to boycott everyone, every entity, every, every entertainment product, uh, because somebody involved with it has a political view, you staunchly disagree with i mean I, I don't know if you're hardcore conservative you know and I'll, I'll hear from the, I'll, I'll never watch a george clooney movie i can't stand that leonardo dicaprio i i don't believe you're not really watching the movies that feature 
huge stars who happen to be liberal. And maybe some of the people behind the scenes are conservative. I, I don't know who has the time to research all that, but obviously a lot of high profile entertainers, whether it's we're talking about, you know, musicians, actors, athletes uh, do tend to have to be more liberal uh, than conservative. And I don't know how, you, you know, if you're boycotting all of that, God bless you. You know, good luck with that. Uh, I want to close this segment. Uh, there was a great episode about uh, on, Mo on Modern Family, one of my favorite shows of all time. And Cam and Mitchell uh, were getting overwhelmed by all the boycotts out there. And you might recall, if you saw the episode, there was a there was going to be a protest outside this restaurant where it had where they said it had the best burger in the whole Los Angeles area. So Cam and Mitch uh, actually sneaked into the restaurant before the protest, and then they get confronted by their friends. And let's take a listen to this because I think it says a lot about how I think all of us want to do the right thing and not support organizations and and entities that are doing things that in some cases might be hateful or discriminatory but uh, let's let cam and mitch have the last word see yeah, before you guys got here we went in there and we demanded a refund for our gift card yes so. we went into the belly of the beast yes sir you forgot your food thank to go. you and fed your bellies how could you okay before you get all superior we hadn't eaten since breakfast it's a quarter to one. That's what I'm saying. Okay, you know what? Yes, we went in there with the best of intentions and we stumbled, but who amongst us hasn't? And okay, isn't that what we're fighting for? Yes. The freedom to fall short of perfection and still be judged by the same standard as everyone else. Thank you. That's no, didn't you hear our chant? It was really quite clear. It's quite long. You know, look, we want to be socially responsible. We want to do the right thing, but it's hard to keep track of all the companies that we like and that we don't, don't like. like. And we're, we're just trying to make it in this world, raise our daughter, get her to her soccer game. Not Youth Soccer Federation, because if it's Youth Soccer Federation, I don't Oh my know. God. You know what, it's sh shame, shame on you. You are no better than the people in that restaurant. Come on, Cam, let's go. And they bought it. Keep your head up, don't look back. Being right is mostly confidence. All right, folks, we're gonna take a break. I'm going to hear about Portillo's. Uh, by the way, Portillo's recently celebrated their 60th anniversary. Pretty amazing. Started off as just one, I believe, one hot dog stand in the Chicago suburbs. Now nearly 100 Portillo's all across the country. And here's me to tell you about Portillo's. All right, it's time to tell you about Portillo's, the greatest single fast casual cuisine experience you're ever having, ever in your life. Let's talk about the hot dogs and all the famous Chicago ingredients. They'll do it for you so you don't have to worry about getting it wrong. That includes the poppy seed bun. Then we could talk about the Italian beef, the sausage, and the fries, the salad, the chicken, you name it, all topped up, of course, with the legendary Portillo's chocolate cake. It's fast casual. That means it's better than fast food. You can sit down if you go to one of the restaurants, but it's still super casual. And you can order anywhere in the country via Portillo's.com. That's P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S.com. Once again, P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S.com. Ask your friends from Chicago about it, Portillo's.com. I have a very full life that I'd love to get back to. I'm gonna find you and take what little you have. 
I'm a dangerous guy. <laughs> so stop messing with me and leave me alone, or else. I would love to let this go. But actions have consequences. I just can't understand what those people are so angry about. Bitch-ass handyman pissing on my hardwood floor. This is European. Oh, mother. That's just a little audio snippet from the 10-part Netflix limited series, Beef, which is coming out now. And I got to tell you guys, this is the best TV series of any kind I've seen this year. Here's the premise. This is a dramatic series, and it's definitely, I guess, they could have a a, a season two. You never know, but I think it's perfectly done in the 10 episodes we get. Uh, you remember a movie from 30 years ago called Falling Down with Michael Douglas where a guy has a really bad day and then really spirals out of control, kind of ahead of its time, or Changing Lanes with Ben Affleck and Samuel L. Jackson. This has a little bit of that, a little bit of White Lotus. The setup here is uh, Ali Wong and Stephen Yun play two people who do not know each other. Ali's character of Amy is an entrepreneur. She lives in a beautiful home in Calabasas with her husband and young daughter. She's about to sell her company to a big box store for maybe $10 million. She seems to have it all. She's one of these influencers, you know, one of these wives, moms, business people, everything, but she's really, really tightly wound and is dealing with a lot of issues. Stephen Young's character of Danny is kind of, he's 30, he lives 30 miles away in Los Angeles, but also a world away. He's a guy in his 30s. He's a struggling contractor. He's really more of a handyman, but he wants to put together a contracting business. His parents, uh, he's trying to make enough money to build a home for them. He feels like he's failed them. He's got a younger brother who's a screw up. He's as they're both really, really tightly wound. Okay. And Danny and Amy both happen to be in the parking lot of a big box store when they almost run into each other. There's not even a, a an accident, but they almost run into each other. Birds are flipped, honk, uh, horns are honked. A chase ensues. Nobody gets hurt, but they're, they're they're both you know succumbing to road rage, and the thing gets on YouTube, and it doesn't take long before they learn each other's identities. And the rest of the series is about them getting entangled in each other's lives, trying to make each other miserable, and not understanding that they actually have so much in common. And I know that sounds dark, and it is, and it's sometimes violent and bloody, and startling and shocking, but it's also really funny. And it has a lot to say about our society, about different cultures, about the way we value success, about uh, family issues. It's one of those series that encompasses so much range of the human experience. And uh, Ellie Wong and Stephen Young give Emmy-level performances. The supporting cast is great. The show's called Beef. It's on Netflix. I hope you'll check it out. I also want to mention something that's completely different and completely uh, ludicrous, but I kind of got a kick out of it, guys. This is called Jury Duty. I know that was a movie with Pauly Shore right years ago. That's, this is not Jury Duty. It's not a remake of Jury Duty. It's actually a reality prank series. It's on Amazon's Freevee, which used to be known as IMDb TV. So IMDBBBBTV, IMDBTV is now freebie. Who knew? I didn't know, but that's what the deal is. Anyway, you can, you know, you know how you can search for things and then you'll find it. It's on Amazon's freebie. It's called Jury Duty. Now, I'm not usually a fan of hidden camera or prank shows. I think that a little of those go a long way. It goes all the way back to the candid camera in the 50s, sort of the godfather of all those shows and the various iterations of punked 
et cetera, et cetera. You know, the whole idea is somebody doesn't know that they're experiencing something that's completely set up. And then you do the big reveal and they go, ah, you got me. But this one's pretty interesting. It's very elaborate. It's an eight part series. It looks like a documentary. Uh, it's following a high stakes civil trial uh, at a courthouse in Los Angeles County. And we follow it all the way from jury selection to the trial itself. The jury gets sequestered. You know, the, they go on a field trip to examine some evidence. And then eventually there's the verdict. The deal here, though, is there's only one person who's involved in this who's not an actor. His name is Ronald Gladden. He thinks he's just in a documentary about a real life trial. Everybody else, all the other jurors, the judge, the defense attorneys, the, the prosecutors, the witness, the, the plaintiff, the defendant, everybody else is an actor. And uh, kind of an interesting twist, too. They have James Marsden, the, the wonderful James Marsden. He's playing himself as an actor. He's playing James Marsden. So, of course, this guy, Ronald's like, holy shit, I got James Marsden from X-Men on the notebook and everything. He's, he's, in, he's on the jury with me. And Marsden's playing kind of an exaggerated version of himself, uh, kind of like uh, uh, Matt LeBlanc on episode. So he's playing himself. And he gets involved in all sorts of hijinks. All the other actors are are character actors, comedic actors playing different parts. And so it's almost like one of those interactive uh, theater things, you know, where there's one guy in the middle, except for he doesn't know that they're actors. And they have to pull this off over the course of more than a week of a trial. If any of them slip or if he figures this out, the show goes away. But he never does because they do such a great job of making it seem realistic. Uh, what I like about this is they don't make fun of this guy, this this affable easygoing, regular 29-year-old solar panel contractor who thinks he's a real juror on a real case. They don't make fun of him. They set him up and they get his reactions to things, but it has kind of a sweet-natured, inspirational look, and it's kind of neat because this kid, this young man, he he's presented with all sorts of situations and dilemmas, and he almost always does the noble and right thing because he actually believes in the justice system, and he just wants to do what's right in this trial, even though there's crazy shit going on all around him. It's called Jury Duty on Amazon's Freebie. And we wrap it up with Air. I don't know if you've heard anything about this. I don't think they've done any pre-publicity for this one. Of course, you've probably seen and heard and, and absorbed a lot of the clips and the, the interviews. This is, uh, of course, Ben Affleck is directing and he's co-starring with his good friend, uh, Matt Damon. So Air is the story of the courting of Michael Jordan, who had just recently graduated from North Carolina, was the third pick in the, in the uh, NBA draft. And now Nike's deciding, well... Matt Damon's uh, Sonny Vaccaro is advocating for them spending more money than they've ever spent before and to not only concentrate on just signing Michael Jordan, but by naming an entire shoe brand after him and building a whole campaign around him. And just to go back, folks, you got to remember in the 80s, listen, there were already a lot of big brand endorsements out there. Converse was a dominant uh, basketball shoe company and Adidas. You, and if you look it up, you can see all these great old ads with Dr. J and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. But they were all usually grouped together and they didn't have sneakers named or gym shoes or whatever you want to call them named after them. Uh, so this is the story of this big gamble. Uh, a lot of people are saying this is like Jerry Maguire. It's also a lot like the social network. It's about the founding of something. It's about the beginning of something. Listen, on some level, it might come across as a commercial for Nike, but it's as is the case with the social network, it it hints at the 
you know, the the joys and wonders and coolness of it, but also some of the downsides of things like this when they take on such a huge role. But, you know, Nike has obviously become much more than just a shoe company for athletes. It's a, a movie about changes in the world of, of fashion and sports and business and how contracts were done and in the culture. And I think they made a very wise decision. They don't focus on Michael Jordan. You just see a stand-in from behind. It's about the behind-the-scenes folks with uh, Ben Affleck playing Nike CEO Phil Knight. Chris Tucker plays a brand manager named Howard White. Jason Bateman is uh, vice president marketing. Uh, Rob Strasser, all real-life characters they're playing. And it's all about that that kind of change in the culture and this, the, you know, the, the huge gamble, by the way, you know, Michael Jordan was a great, great college player, but nobody knew he was going to become Michael Jordan and uh brilliant casting to have Viola Davis playing Dolores Jordan. Cause she's kind of the hero, the overall hero of this story. It's got, listen to somebody who's around the eighties, Ben Affleck, I'll tell you this. He got the, all of the eighties touchstones, right? From the cars to the wardrobe, to the music, to the furniture, all that great stuff. So it plunks you right down in the mid eighties. Uh, but really I think it does a great job of telling the story and laying it out as a procedural, again, like social network, even like all the president's men, completely different material, We're, but it's, it, it's similar in the fact that we know what exactly what's going to happen, but we love watching how it happened. Air is the best movie of the year so far. We got a long way to go, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, folks, but do not be surprised if we see it nominated for Best Picture and nominated in a host of other categories. So really a kind of a celebratory week. Don't boycott this great material. Best series of the year, Netflix, Beef, Best Movie of the Year, Air in Theaters. I'm Richard Roper. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon.